0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Last Change podcast. Uh, it is Wednesday, October thirteenth, twenty twenty-one, and uh, we're here to talk about the Devils, uh, previewing the season, amongst other things. And with me, as always, is my co-host Ricky. How you doing? Hello. And and we have a special guest this week. Um, she contributes to the Hockey Writers, uh, podcaster. Herself, Chicks and Sticks on YouTube, a weekly show. Um, it's uh, Christy Flannery. How you doing?
1: Hi, I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing?
0: Great. Uh, happy to have you here. And people don't have to just listen to us for a change. <laughs> so, um, listen to me yelling about everything. Oh well, you're still gonna yell about stuff. So, uh, <laughs> oh yes. Sir. And uh, so before before we get started, Ricky, I know you wanted to ask her about uh, her latest YouTube video.
2: Yes. So I watched I watched your um, the um, fantasy draft you guys did. Yes. Um, and I was looking at your team, and I noticed you did pick Mackenzie Blackwood as your goalie, <laughs> but I also uh, saw you pick Blake Coleman, and I saw some of your tweets, and I think your pin tweet is about Blake Coleman. Are you a big Blake Coleman fan?
1: I am a huge Blake Coleman fan. I my when I originally started watching the team, my boy was David Clarkson, and then oh, it sounds so stereotypical, but it was also Zach Parisi. When Clarkson left, I like I like those great kind of players. Like that's what stands out to me. So when Coleman really started developing with New Jersey, he just that like he became my boy. So really, yeah, I love him. He's great.
0: You and uh, you and my wife Jamie would get along. She was a Clarkson uh, groupie. Uh, yeah,
1: I had Clark's injury. That was the first jersey I bought was a Clark's injury. Yeah, you know,
0: she's got like six of those in the closet. Um, <laughs> I like your team here, though. I mean, you can't go wrong with Nate McKinnon. Uh, Anthony Sorelli is a good, uh, you know, like low-key pick. Um, Blake Coleman, I, I miss dearly, and uh, the longer it takes uh, Nolan Foote to make the team, the more I wish we would have kept Blake Coleman.
2: No, that trade's going to, I said it, that trade's going to end up being Muka Medulin for, uh, for
0: Coleman. That's who they got. They used to use the pick for. Yep. Well, there you go. Um, <clears throat> so I want to jump right into it. I mean, we, we all got questions on Twitter, Facebook, and everything, and it's all going to tie into what we have to talk about. And um, so, I mean, let's see. The first one here. You know what? Just because it was last night, um, a friend of mine, Laura Berger on Facebook, had a problem <laughs> with. Uh, the theatrics in the beginning of the Golden Knights Kraken game says it made her skin crawl what happened to uh, just having a bunch of dudes with bad noses skate on the ice sing the anthem and then drop the puck um, I, I kind of I liked it to be honest with you the on ice uh, like the 3D video and everything but I, I feel like and uh, you Ricky mentioned how much you don't like the what the hurricanes do the storm surge no, no
2: that's not what I said what did you I say? I said I don't I said I do not I don't care for the golden knights intro intro stuff. The on ice laser show and stuff is fine. It's the all the extra stuff I could just do without. I don't know. Everyone thinks it's great. I just I don't know. Not to be contrarian or anything. I just didn't think it was super exciting. I don't mind the storm surge. I just you know I use it as an example that I'm not like, you know, old man yelling at clouds, hate everything about everything that's new.
0: I, I just feel like those are the kinds of things that are, are cool as long as the teams are winning, you know. And Yeah. So, but, uh, and I think, honestly, it's just an overall attempt to get the NHL into the mainstream, like, for people to do TikTok videos, and apparently that's how you get popular nowadays. But, uh, Christy, what do you think about this?
1: You know, I think that's one of those things where they're kind of, as a hockey player, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. They always get criticized for not showing enough personality and, you know, having the same five to 10, you know, rehearsed answers that they give the media. But when you start showing personality and start doing the storm surge, and let's be honest, Vegas is the only city that you can get away with doing what they do for the pregame because it's Vegas. Like, that would never fly in Arizona. (laughs) You're going in for the Vegas experience, which I'm not offended by it. I think it's great when they show personality. I personally really like the Storm Surge. Like, It's just, it's fun. It adds a fun element to it. I understand and respect the old school mentality of that. It's just a hockey game, like just play the game. But I think it's kind of fun when a player and team start showing their personality. It makes, it makes them more likable, and therefore they're going to get more fans.
2: Yeah, I say anything that pisses off Don Cherry is always a win in my book, so.
0: <laughs> you are right about that. Uh we've been begging hockey players to show more personality. And then anytime they do, it's like, Oh my God.
2: (laughs) Like Andrew, like you, we had talked about with uh, Jack Hughes interview when he was talking about how confident he is. And people were like, Oh, he's overconfident. Like, like you said, you you can't win. Like you want these guys to not give the same answer, but then he's honest and he's like, I'm really confident. I think I'm going to have a great year. And then people are all up all up in his ass about it. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: No, that's that's just because everybody deep down wants the generic interview of you know get pucks deep, uh, get pucks on net. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I want to ask everybody here, and we'll start start with Christy since she's the guest. Um, what players stood out to you, either good, bad, or met your expectations uh, in this preseason for the Devils?
1: Oh, interesting. So I actually got my credentials for the Devils this season. So I was able to go to a couple practices and I, you know, saw a bunch of interviews and it's really hard to ignore Dawson Mercer. Mm. You just, when he's on the ice, your eyes just kind of gravitate to him. So he was definitely a standout. You can't really miss Dougie Hamilton or Ryan Graves just on size alone. And Hamilton's a very smooth skater for how big he is. So you can't really miss him either. Um, I'm not even going to bring up Holt yet. I guess that'll be a different topic for like, later <laughs> on Oh,
0: so we're going to get there very I just, shortly.
2: I just cracked my knuckles. I was waiting for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to bring that up yet. But yeah, definitely, I would say from my perspective, Hamilton and Mercer were like the two really big standouts for me when I watched them at practice.
0: Well, and, and I'll tie this into a question that we got on Twitter, and this is going to lead to our Holtz discussion anyway. Um mm-hmm. From at J nice with about 28 eyes asked, uh, <laughs> what do you think Dawson Mercer ceiling is? How long until they call up Holtz? And uh, I see this. He says he sees this as an extended training camp for him. I hope it's two months and done. So let's go Mercer first. And, and Christy, uh, Christy, continue what you were saying. Uh, Dawson Mercer ceiling. What do you think?
1: I think that there needs to be a realistic expectation around him. He's 19 years old, and the NHL is a very different game than the AHL or any other level of hockey that you play. So there has to be um, a re- realistic expectation of what this kid's going to do. I think that he can quietly put together a very good game this season. Um, but again, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. It's like it's going to happen. But I, from what I've seen and the way that he carries himself, I think he's going to – for. In the next like couple of years, he's going to be a very,
0: very good center for the Devils. Hey, Ricky, what's your uh, Dawson Mercer ceiling?
2: I, I, I think he's one of these guys that you can kind of move up and down the lineup and not worry about it. Like, you need a, a second-line center. You need a third-line center to go out and win a face-off, kill a penalty. He, it seems like he can do everything, and without even question. I mean, I saw him on the ice at the end of the games, in, in the preseason games he was playing, and the penalty kill seems like they trust him. I mean, it sounds like everything Ruff said, like they just couldn't not put him on the team. He just played that well.
0: Yeah. My only issue is, um, and it's not an issue with with Dawson particularly, it's just for his ceiling, if they have him as a center, I mean, the top two centers are locked for the next 10 plus years uh, with Jack Hughes and and Nico Heischer. So his ceiling as a center on on the Devils is probably a third liner. Yeah. I thought when they drafted him that they were going to bring him in as a winger because he's one of those guys that could play anywhere. But I, I just don't know if his potential can be fully reached behind Jack and Nico.
1: They, I think they would just move him to wing if he gets to have that kind of skill set that he could play and match the you know the skill set of Hughes and Nico. I think right now that's where we like we need a center. So I think that's just it makes sense as far as like the roster goes, and you're not you're not overwhelming him with you know, going up against Connor McDavid and all the like, top lines in the league. But I think he can easily be moved to a first or second line winger if necessary.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if they were trying to do that off the bat with their uh, desperate attempt to keep Pavel Zaka at center, but it's just not going to work out that way.
1: <laughs> that you can't break up that line is in my opinion. No, you, can't, yeah. you can't break up that line. That's a, it's a good line. And actually I'll bring Zach going to actually tie into our whole conversation as well.
0: Okay good, No, we'll, let's get there the second part of that question. Well, How long well, go well, ahead. Before, go ahead.
2: You, before you move on. So my, my issue that I was literally fighting for two days on Twitter about Holtz, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I think we, we, we as a collective fan base and, and kind of the, the way hockey's going, we have to stop thinking of like you have two scoring lines, you have a checking line, you have a grinding line. When the Devils were good and they were winning Stanley Cups, they were rolling four lines and they were playing... Obviously, your best players are going to play the most. But they had three solid lines that could score for you every single night. I don't think it matters that Mercer would be a third-line center if you surround him with two players that can go out and score. He's, has, you can see he has enough hockey sense on the ice where you know he's not going to be a defensive liability... But if you put someone on that line with him that they can score, I, I don't care that he's a third-line center. Like, there, There's guys that are third-line centers on, on other teams that could be a top-line center on the Devils. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not a top-line center. I don't think it matters where he plays in the lineup as long as he's in the lineup and playing well.
0: It could come into play in maybe three years, though. I mean, if he's got the potential to put up 60-plus points, that the money that he's going to deserve... Um, you know, and then whatever Jack gets, I mean, I don't think a team is going to lock up thirty plus million dollars a year, possibly, to their three centers. But you know what? It's a great problem to have, and we'll just yeah. have see what happens in the future. Um, so, Holtz, we got to get it over with because we got to get this. Got Ricky's got to get this out of his system. So, how long until they call him up? I, I personally said that Andreas Janssen has like a month. And if he or even Jimmy Veezy who we can talk about, score like two, three goals combined in 15 games, then and at, you know and working in conjunction conjunction with Holtz getting top line minutes and hopefully producing down in or up in Utica, I think we'll see him in November. But uh, Christy, let's go to you.
2: Well, hold real quick. Hold on. <laughs> Since you mentioned his name, Christy, is it Janssen or is it Johnson? Because we watched the capitals broadcast and they said he changed his name to johnson
1: um as far as i know i say johnson but i could be misspeaking i didn't i don't know if he actually changed the i didn't
2: know (laughs) if you had heard anything kind of around because i was like that's weird like why would he change his name to johnson it's not johnson
1: i know that parisi like zach parisi at some point in his career told media that his pronunciation changed as well so i know players do it i yeah or I just haven't heard anything if he actually did
0: that or not. So, so I did, have a weird change uh, so to go from like Swedish to like... Johansson went yeah. to Johansson, so...
1: Yeah, so I actually can't comment on that. And
0: Josefsson like... went to Josefsson. So we got a little Swedish conundrum here with the Jays. Um, we sure do. But but anyway.
2: anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was <laughs> just curious. Uh, yeah, Christy, you you uh, and your opinion on Holtz.
1: <sighs> or he's going to hate me, but I <laughs> no. feel like no. he... He needs, he needs, you, sorry, I can't even talk about this. When you look at a player, he's 19 years old. He need. you need to do what's best for him in his career long term. I understand that he had, he had a great camp. I mean, no one can deny he didn't have a great camp. But I think the difference is that Mercer has a more complete game where he, you wouldn't look at Mercer and say he's a defensive liability. I don't know if you'd say the same about Holt. And I know that people are saying, you know, put him on the first line or put him on the second line. The big thing with training camp that we learned was Pavel Zaka said that his conditioning was not there last year. He said that, you know, by the time he finished his shift, he was exhausted, especially on the penalty kill. And he goes, I, you could see it. You could see it in his game. I think putting the pressure on a 19-year-old to put him on a first line with a Jack Hughes who already has an insane expectation as it is, I feel like that would damage his development. I think that he needs to kind of take the Eli Tolbinin approach, where it might take him a little bit longer to become a regular in the NHL, but it will pay off dividends once he gets here. I just don't want to see him go into a position where they're going to put him at the top six, and it's going to be too much for him, and it's just it's going to screw with him. And as far as going on the fourth or third line. You can't compare paying, playing you know, 20 minutes in Utica to only playing six minutes in the NHL. The kid has to play. When I was at one of the practices, I was talking to one of the Devils scouts, and we were talking about both of them. And I said at the time, I said, I think Mercer's going to make the team. And he goes, these kids need to play. They need to go wherever they're going to get the minutes to develop. And I think for right now, Holtz is where he should be.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it would be a bad idea to put him, throw him in the top six and then tell him next, what is it, next Thursday, like, good luck against Tom Wilson, kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, we
1: see what's hap- We saw what happened with Hughes and, like, all the pressure that was on him. I just wouldn't, it's unnecessary to put that on Holt. At this point in time, and there's just for me, there's no need to do it.
0: And Zaka is going into year five on this team and people are still harping on him that his development's been slow. And I think it's pretty well documented that he was thrown into the NHL way too early.
1: Right. And he's five years and now he feels that his conditioning is on par to where it needs to be to be to play, play top minutes in the NHL. You can't do that to Mercer and Holtz right off the bat. You can't do that to that. One, I don't even know if they'd have the stamina to, to do it. You can't put him against a Connor McDavid. That's not even fair.
0: No, it's well, it's not fair to anybody, to be honest. But um, uh, especially, yeah. Now, Ricky, you have the floor. So,
2: my my, I'll say this, and I, I've said this to Andrew too. I think more, a lot of it is, um, all, for lack of a better term, PTSD of the way Devils have handled younger players over the years. Where they send him down, and Binghamton, and before that, Albany didn't exactly have the best uh, track record of developing players and bringing them back up as more complete and better players. <clears throat> so I, I get nervous. Like I look at what happened with, you know, I expected a lot out of Nolan Foot in the preseason, and I didn't see any of what I expected in the preseason, and that might just be he might take a little bit longer to uh, to develop. But things like that, and I know they're different players, obviously. Um, but things like that make me nervous. Um, I, from what Fitzgerald said, it's a conditioning thing with Holtz. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's that's really something that can be worked on at the NHL level. Uh, I, I guess it depends on what the real the actual expectations are of this team. If they really, truly think that they're going to make a playoff push, then it makes sense. If they're saying that to kind of get the fans to buy tickets and come to games, and then in December we're all sitting here looking, oh, here we go again. I have a little bit more of an issue with it there. Um, but your points are – I've never said you're I never said the point of him going down is not valid. I just disagree with it in this particular in- instance. You know, his his line mate, uh, William Eklund, who was drafted a year after him, made the Sharks this year. And I they're from I mean, I haven't seen him play a ton, but I've seen him play enough. They're they're very similar players. Um, I know the Sharks kind of stink, but you know, Devils kind of stink, too, until they prove me otherwise
1: well but the difference is, is that with san jose they're 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 one they're in salary cap hell that's number one yeah. and right. two this is a team that like san jose when you look at them you know that this is a team heading for a rebuild but like san jose won't accept that they're in a rebuild you have like
2: the dev- like the devils for the past like five years
1: <laughs> but the difference is is that you don't sign a player like dougie hamilton and expect mediocrity you expect something you expect some kind of improvement from bringing in Graves and Hamilton. So with that being said, I think there would be more pressure on the Devils to perform than there would be with San Jose. I, and plus, I'm not trying to be critical, but we can all kind of admit like Devil fans are tough.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. This
1: isn't, this isn't most, like welcoming, huggy, like fuzzy feeling friends, like you know, team like fan base. So if do he-
2: yourself do yourself not a favor and don't ever look at any social media posts the Devils make about anything.
1: I always wait for someone to criticize one of my articles and my points. Like, I, I'm always shocked that it doesn't happen. It'll happen eventually. But, and I'm not saying it's the whole fan base, but they do have a, we do have a reputation around the league and it is valid to a certain degree. And with these young kids, I would just hate, just for the emotional and psychological aspect of it, because if you have Hulse on the ice, and we all know that his game and his conditioning needs to like, get better for him to, let's say, get back and help, you know, on defense, and he can't do it. The fans are going to be the first ones to say, he shouldn't have made the team in the first place. He's oh, not a player. So why put a player like that, that's trying to grow and develop into that psychological aspect of, wow, I want to play for this team. And the fans already rejected me after like 10 games. It's right.
2: just, but I, I feel like that an Andrew has said this before too. I feel like the devils should have probably signed another forward, you know, top, Top six forward, a wing, to make this a a moot, a moot point because right now, my, part of my issue too is like if you look at the lineup with him in it versus the lineup with him not in it,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's there's something missing, like especially with the injuries right now. So you're gonna have like Gauthier and, and Woods out. So you, you got VC Ve, and, and Gauthier. I don't want to see these guys on my team. Like <laughs> I know they need it. They're Everybody plays their part, but like I said to Andrew before we got on this call, like I, I watched every preseason game and I legit do not remember them calling Gauthier's name a single time.
0: Well, and I couldn't believe that you played three games. Well, my, the thing that would have made me happy about Holtz making the team is it would have scratched my itch of being a traditionalist where I need left wingers to be left handed yeah. and right and right wingers to be right handed and Um, there's one right-handed forward on this entire team right now, and that's Mike McLeod. So I'm a little nervous about going into the regular season with four left-handed right-wingers. That's insane to me. But I also wish that the Devils had the ability to send Holtz to like Mississauga or something and just light up juniors for a year because I understand your reservation about the AHL because when we had this discussion the other day, the last player... That became a legendary devil or a great NHLer that spent time in the devil's AHL system was Patrick Elias. And that was.
2: Everyone brought up Blake Coleman, and I know that'll make Christy happy. And I conceded on that point because he did play a full season. Yeah, but there. he
0: became an NHLer when he was 27. Right, exactly. Or 26. So we want to see, you know, Holtz a lot sooner than that. But let's let's move on Uh, we just got a lot of other stuff to get to and I don't want to. we can't keep Christy here until 3am so um, one of the other questions that was asked to us uh, was about Jack Hughes' potential and it was from Matt Grazel I think one of your followers Christy Um, Uh, he writes for the hockey
1: writers as
0: well oh excellent Um, said that Jack Hughes displayed uh, his potential early last year what are your predictions for Hughes I am predicting 20 goals and 30 assists from him I think that would be nice Uh, 50 points I kind of want 60-plus, but I don't know. Let's uh, let's go to Christy for that, then.
1: Um, I said bold prediction. I actually did this on my show. For bold prediction, I was thinking like 65. Um, nice. I think having Tatar on a line with him is going to help him because he's a veteran. He's been around. He's not an inexperienced player. I really like Sharon Govich. I think he's really great. So I think that line like having those wingers, I think will help him with his game so yeah I'll say I'll say around 60 60.
0: and the more points points he has means the more points and goals that Sharagovic has and I think he's my current favorite player on the team I love that guy and I would love nothing else for him to score 30 goals this year um Ricky your thoughts on Jack Hughes
2: uh I I I was thinking seven, sixty-five, seventy. I think that's an appropriate number, especially if Holt comes up at some point in the year and plays well. Um, I mean, if you look back, like, I don't know what his numbers were last year, but I don't think I've ever seen a player hit the post more in my entire life oh, yeah. than Jack Hughes last season. I mean, he probably literally probably 12 goals was robbed of last year by hitting the post. Um, I mean, even if half of those go in, um, you're looking at a pretty decent jump in, in goals. Um, so, I, you know, he just looks – he looks awesome. I know he did last year too. Um, but th- last year was a weird season, so I really won't fault anybody. I mean, even, Andrews finally got me to come around on even giving Janssen a chance um, because we don't really have anyone else to put there at this point. But, um, yeah, I think 65, 70 is, is where I would – I mean, I'd love it. I think 50 like bare minimum. I think it's got to be more than that for them to be successful
1: last season he had 31
0: points in 56 games and that's not bad considering the entire season got derailed when the whole team got COVID. so um all right another question that i think is a really easy answer that we're all going to agree on uh jamie grader asked me on facebook who are the d-men uh odd d-men out with severson smith return i think obviously white and and yaros um White might find himself back in Utica, but I think Yaros will be the seventh guy. What, what do you guys think? Whoever wants to answer that.
2: I mean, yeah, that's that's the obvious answer. Um, I, I I wonder, you know, with the Devils, you're never really sure how long a player is going to be out because you know Nico was going to be ready for. For opening night and missed like four months um, so depending on how long Smith or Andor Stevenson are out I, I told you yesterday I think Colton white is a sneaky sneaky player in terms of he just plays like a simple game um, kind of what I think we need out of like a third pairing defenseman just to you know make the smart play get it out be good situational in your own in your own zone and I think that goes a long way. Um, so honestly, I, I mean, I know they have Yaros signed, but like if they're really truly are talking about putting the best player on the ice, like, like, um, rough has been saying, like, I think I could see a situation. I mean, there's, I mean, white's, what is he like 25, 26? I mean, it's not like you're sending him back down for, you know, get ice time. Like, uh, you know, I think he could stick, stick around a lot longer than Yaros. I think he's a more valuable player than Yaros.
0: He's 24, yeah. but Christy, go ahead.
1: No, I agree with that.
0: All right. Um, I agree with that. And me, again, being a traditionalist, I feel like Smith is – I mean, <laughs> White being the replacement for Smith as a lefty and the being the replacement for Stevenson as a right-handed guy. That, that uh, like, pet peeve I have is twice as much for defensemen. Um, <laughs> so – and uh, let's go to another uh, crazy topic it is about Mackenzie Blackwood. And, and Jamie Grader also asked, "Will Blackwood be a distraction. And I think he already is um, his heel in addition to the, uh, the vaccination. But my I, and I've said this to everybody who's asked me my overall opinion as a human being. I don't care if Blackwood gets vaccinated. And as long as I don't have to stand in a phone booth with him um, I don't care his body his choice all that crap as a New Jersey Devils fan and someone who would like to cover a good hockey team like he better get the shot yesterday and, I'll, and I would pay someone to sneak into his house and give him the Johnson and Johnson shot which is only one go around so you don't have to break and enter a second time and, uh, and then we'll just be over with this situation so uh, Christy let's go to you on that one
1: I, to a certain degree, I kind of feel bad for him because he's such a quiet guy, and he's gotten all this attention. I don't think that he expected it, which I guess maybe he should have, knowing yeah. how the world is right now. But I mean, really, vaccination is only going to come into play when they play Winnipeg. I think it's in the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Rough, I believe Rough said that he. Other than that, as long as his heel is healed, you know, he's going to play when, where he, when and where he can, and I think he'll be. My thought, and this has—I this is like no source from the team or anything like that. My thought is he's going to be vaccinated by the time the team goes to Winnipeg, so I don't think it's going to be an issue.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't even care if Bernier plays all nine Canadian games. Where you run into the it's problem, um, yeah, where you run into the problem is if Blackwood is markedly better than Bernier uh, this season, which we all hope he is, and the Devils somehow squeak into the playoffs and you get Toronto or Montreal in the first round, then it's a problem.
1: I don't think it's going to be an issue
0: at that point in time. I hope you're right. Ricky, you got anything to add on that?
2: I mean, yeah, you know my feelings. It's pretty much the same as what you said. Like, I I don't care if it does or not, but when it starts affecting the team, and like, you know, today he missed practice, and like, it was like, oh, he missed practice. I'm like, here we go again. Like, I'm sure it's probably nothing, but now here we go.
1: Well, he was with the trainers. He was was training today. He was just off ice. There was no point to put him on the ice at this point.
2: Yeah, no, I saw, and I saw your tweet after I had seen it, but it was like initially like, oh, Blackwood's not a, Somebody like, I forget who it was, but just like Blackwood's not on the ice. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go again. And then I was like, I said to Andrew, I'm like, I'm sure it's nothing, but like, I hate that we have to like be like, all right, now what? But I mean, in reality, isn't he being tested like daily at this point?
0: I don't know. They they must be. Like
2: every other day? I think they're testing him like constantly.
0: They must be because these guys that, that have COVID issues, they get pulled out of practice. They get like emergency pulled out of the locker room. So it must be a daily testing thing.
2: Right. So I'm not concerned in that in that aspect, but um, you know, I just hope it doesn't affect the team, especially w- with the I don't even want to say high hopes, but I, I'm getting that stupid feeling where I'm getting high hopes for the season. <laughs> um I don't want it to be derailed like, you know, last year we had a high hopes too sort of, and then like the whole team got covid and you're like, "All right, well, I guess this season's over."
0: <laughs> yeah, that kind of Kind of beat the crap out of this that, team.
2: That plus Nico getting his face
0: broken didn't help either. Um, christy any more on <laughs> Blackwood? Or are we moving on?
1: We can move on. I think he's going to be fine. I will die on the hill that Blackwood has potential to be one of the best goal tenders in the league.
0: I, I agree with you. We've seen some. You'll stuff... get no arguments from yeah, us. We've yeah, we've seen <laughs> some stuff from him that like it just makes you very excited. And every time someone talks about Carter Hart, it makes me upset. Uh, if you
1: put <laughs> any other defense in front of him he like if you put when st louis won the cup if you put the st louis blues defense instead of in front of Bing- and in front of blackwood same result you still would have won to cup.
2: agreed agreed right and if you look at the devil's defense like you know i got suckered into listening to a podcast today that i didn't want to listen to because it was a uh a Devil's Preview. And they were like... You could tell they were already ready to, like, kind of shit on the Devils. Like, ah, oh, they suck. And then, like, they went down the roster and looked at the defense. And they're like, wow, that, that's actually... it's actually a really good decor. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah,
0: I know. Well, we're going to get like to that when you have Subban, yeah.
2: yeah, when you have Subban playing in a spot where he should be playing, not playing top line. And you Siegenthaler is what he is. I mean, he's just a solid, you know, stay-at-home defenseman. And then your top four is really good. Like, I, I think... And plus, Blackwood is good. Is a good goalie. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I he's a, what is he six four, six five. He's athletic. He's big, athletic. Dude. He's a big I mean, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: What more do you want out of a goalie? Yeah. Graves is very
1: Blackwood is solid.
0: Graves is a gigantic human being. Um, for the uh, yeah <laughs> yeah for the game against uh, the Capitals a couple days ago, I was in the fifth row, so I got to see everybody close up, and I just could. Was kind of taken aback by how huge this dude is. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Let's see what else do we got here. Well, well,
2: since you're talking about him, Christy, what do you, in terms of pairings? Yeah.
0: I, I I would love to see
2: Smith and Hamilton and Graves and Severson. Everyone else seems to want the opposite. What do you think?
1: I I'm one that you need. You need if you're gonna have one offensive defenseman, you need the other to be a stay-at-home defenseman. You can't have I personally, this is for me. I feel like you can't have two offensive defensemen paired together, because in the past the problem with the Devils was there was never a guy that can get back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You had two defensemen that were jumping into the play. It was always like Zajac that was able to get back. Like well, yeah, that was my big issue, and I know Graves is more of a stay-at-home defenseman, so I think. Hamilton will do better offensively, knowing that, like, Graves is kind of hanging back and can kind of help out Blackwood when necessary. And it's funny, because Smith is so small now, when you see all sight <laughs> I, I, I interviewed Graves, I think it was last week, and I was in high, I mean, I'm 5'3", and I was in high heels, I was, like, my neck hurt staring up at him, but he's such a, he's a very kind person. Like, I remember... After he, like he gave really thoughtful answers, he's so kind. So I'm a Ryan Graves fan. <laughs> like you're great to me. You so you, he... you
0: have to hang out with my wife because that's the the devil's jersey she requested for Christmas is Ryan Graves. So you guys have a lot of uh, similar. Uh... I had
1: a funny moment with Dougie Hamilton, but I really I really liked that Graves was very thoughtful with his uh, answers to my questions. So. <laughs>
2: um... See, but I mean, Severson has been more of a defensive liability in the past, which is why I would kind of rather have Graves with him. But I, I understand the logic. Um, I don't know you. Severson's been kind of my whipping boy for the last
0: couple of years because wasn't I just, Zaka or, you know?
2: No, I kind of gave up on him, so I just kind of left him alone. <laughs> Severson in his own zone has been just really a train wreck lately, but I, I, I get
0: I, I get the sentiment. I, I guess it's a good
2: problem to have again, where it's like you know you can kind of move them around.
0: Well, the overall hope I think is that Dougie Hamilton's going to eat twenty to twenty-three minutes a night, and uh, Severson and suban are not going to have to be out there in really important situations every time. So, um, one more Devil specific, and then I, I want to go. Uh, we'll wrap it up and and uh, get predictions from everybody, but. Uh, One more question. It was from Danny McDonough asking how the devil should address their issue with size. Uh, The kids are young and fast, but I could see them being pushed around pretty easily, especially against the boards. So they sort of already addressed part of it with uh, getting Geertsen, Yaros, Graves, Hamilton, all gigantic human beings. Uh, Hopefully PK plays a little more physically. I do understand this problem when it comes to the forwards because... As much as I love some of these kids, they the Devils are seriously lacking strength and intensity uh, and physicality and uh, with the forwards. So I don't know which one of you wants to talk about that. you
1: can go.
2: Okay, so this is this is where I was hoping Nolan Foot would step in. Um, I think it would have been a huge, huge plus for them to have him in the lineup playing maybe with Mercer um, and giving them that size. Um, I also think Miles Wood has the ability to be a physical player if he could control himself. I mean, unfortunately, when he runs around, he ends up looking like the Tasmanian Devil on the ice, flopping all over the place. But when he plays with that edge and he plays physical, he's a much better player. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing you're going to do about the top six. I mean, really, I mean, what do you, aside from having them out there with graves and if somebody messes with one of those graves, you know, one of those guys, graves punches a hole through them. I mean, that's, you know, is what it is kind of, I mean, you got small forwards. I mean, I don't want to put like a a, you know, a guy up there just because, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, I think this is the same reason that they signed, you know, this is the same reason they signed Wayne Simmons. You know, they, they know that Nico and Jack aren't the biggest guys. They needed that, you know, physical presence as far as the forward core goes. I mean, you're going to have, you know, Jimmy Vesey. You're going to have Wood. You're going to have, you know, Mikey McLeod. But as far as the rest of them, no, there is no Tom Wilson on this team, you know, as far as the forwards go. There is no Ryan Reeves. Um so it's going to be something kind of interesting to see if that takes a toll because now with Reeves in you know in the same division with Tom Wilson, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of manage against those bigger bodies.
0: That's a good point, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I I as much as everybody hates the guy, I do wish we had a guy like Tom Wilson because, you know, if you can be one of the biggest pests in the league while putting in twenty plus goals, I mean. Same thing with, uh, well, that's just how the game's evolved. You know, you don't have the Andrew Peters and the Eric Boltons of the world anymore. You've got guys who can also produce points. So um, let's wrap this up with a couple of uh, predictions. Christy, what is your realistic prediction of how the Devils are going to finish in the Metro this season?
1: Um, Realistically speaking, this is not a playoff team.
0: Okay.
1: Not yet. Um, I think they'll be right outside. I think that if well, the first four teams go in, they'll probably land six.
0: Six in the division? Yeah. So, and I assume that you would have Columbus then finishing under them.
1: Most likely, yeah. I think the honestly, I think the X factor of the Metro is actually going to be the Philadelphia Flyers.
0: I agree. Uh, I have the same questions about Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Um pittsburgh even though they just beat the crap out of tampa last night um they're missing malkin until january i think crosby's going to be out for a little while um and they really didn't make like huge improvements uh washington their entire core is between 30 and 35 years old um i'm very interested to see how they handle an entire season um I don't know. And the Rangers, and another question that we were asked is from a Ranger friend, a fan friend of mine, Marco, how the Devils and, and Rangers are going to look this season, the rivalry. And I think both teams have the same question marks. Is there so many young guys and so many things have to go right for either team to challenge for uh, a playoff spot, whether it's, you know, Kako, Hiedel, uh Lafreniere, or Sharon Govich, Hughes, um, he sure, like all these kids need to do something for either team to have a shot at the playoffs. Um, and I'm with you. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. I do think they're going to be playing some meaningful games in February and March, but I just don't think they're going to make it there. Uh, Ricky, how about you?
2: Uh, honestly, I, th- uh, I I think in the division, I think they could finish fourth.
0: I do have your um, predictions. Because in like front the reason you so. said,
2: because like the reason you said, I don't see that. I think the Devils and Rangers are like pretty much the exact same spot. Like young goaltender, relying like you said, relying on young players. The Devils did add some some grit that we didn't have on the back end. Um, I think as of now, I, I personally would trust Blackwood more than I would trust you know the Rangers goalie situation right
0: now. sterkin.
2: Yeah, but, like, I don't even know where their backup is. But, yeah. Um,
0: Still uh, uh, Georgiev?
2: Georgiev. I think he's getting lit up right now, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not high on Philadelphia. Washington, I've seen a lot of people picking them to miss the playoffs just because of their age, and I think it's finally going to catch up with them. I don't think their goaltending is very good. Columbus, I think, is going to stink. I'm not super high on Pittsburgh. I mean, it's obviously Islanders and Carolina, and then it's kind of everybody else in the division to me. I mean, that's kind of where i'm at and i think they have just as just as good a chance as anybody else to get up into the top three i think realistically probably fourth or fifth okay
0: um then last question to christy before we let her go i I just want your overall prediction of uh, western conference champion eastern conference champion and, and cup
1: okay I'm always very bad at this, so just as a <laughs> little FYI. <laughs> everything I say it never comes true. <laughs> oh, um, We're
2: writing it down. We're going to come back actually, to you at the end of the season and be like, ah, well, oh, you were wrong.
1: I'm committed this year. So in the West, I've been saying Colorado for the past like, three years. Why not just keep keep going that train? Eventually McKinnon and, and Landis God are going to get their shit together. <laughs> so we'll say Colorado's coming out of the West. I'm going with the Islanders out of the East. And the hallmark moment of the season is going to be Zach Parisi winning the Stanley Cup in the same jersey that his dad wore in the late 1970s. Wow. Islanders
0: the Islanders winning the Cup.
1: That is the hallmark moment that we are waiting for.
0: That would be interesting. And then Lou will sail off into the sunset, leaving the next Islanders GM with 10 years of cap trouble. So, um... And no prospects. <laughs> no prospects. That's what we're... <laughs> um... Well, thank you so much for for coming to talk to us. I hope we can do this again, and uh, yeah, absolutely. yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. And thanks again for doing this.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Christy. Thank you.
0: And again, thank you to Christy Flannery for joining us. Uh, she's actually our first guest, and it was a lot of fun. We're definitely going to have her back on. And uh, so now let's talk about something. Uh that we got some comments about and it was the podcast that you mentioned earlier, which is Steve Dangle's podcast. Um they are doing previews for every team in the NHL, it's trying to spend like ten minutes on each team. <clears throat> and the Devil's one was just bananas. Um I'll say it it was dog shit. It was, and it was just guy and I love Steve Dangle. I think he's very entertaining, he knows a lot about hockey. It was more the two guys that he has with him on the show that were right. the problem. I-
2: Right, and I thought he was actually thoughtful, and when he was going through, you could see him kind of working through the team in his head, and you could kind of see him kind of turning things around. I'm like, hey, you know what? They're, they might actually be not as bad as I expected, looking at their decor, and you know, Blackwood's a good goalie. Yeah, and the other guys, like, you could tell, were
0: just scrolling student. down cap-friendly, like reading what was I mean, on the page.
2: You know, this guy, Jesse Blake, who I couldn't pick out of a lineup of two people. Not that that's his fault, but I just don't know who he is. Um He's like looking at the bottom of cap friend. he's like, well, I wonder if this $250,000 Kovalchuk contract is going to be an issue for, for
0: what? <laughs> well, then right after $10 that. $10
2: million dollars in cap space. What and right, talking and right
0: after that. And they're retaining on Will Butcher, too. Like, OK. <laughs> OK, so? nine hundred grand uh, for one year. We've got $10 million Yeah, I was space. like, I
2: don't I don't understand. S- Seren- what the hell did he call Adam the other guy Adam called the Sharen was Saren Seren- I don't even remember. I can't even Serengeti. say how bad he said well uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dangle, like, oh, Dangle on, came
0: the closest with Sharon and and that's yeah. like I first thought that's probably how he said his name until he showed up in the NHL but it just shows that these guys like aren't really paying that much attention and you know what is really bugging me and it's just because I am such a Igor Sharon fan that I've been listening to Every podcast that talks about the Devils, whether it's Sportsnet or Steve Dangle or or Puck Soup or anything, and just like no one's talking about this kid. And it just just bothers me because I'm so excited about him. And it just tells me that nobody is really paying attention to the Devils. So my initial response to the Steve Dangle thing was that I hope if one thing happens this year – is that everyone is forced to learn how to pronounce Igor Sharangovich's name, <laughs> and that's it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it was it was a 10-minute kind of bleh. It was, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't take anything out of it other than just kind of being irritated. But, like, I, you know, I went through, like, before we did this tonight, I did a little, you know, research, and I was, like, looking, like, at who picked who to do what in the playoffs this year, and not a single person picked the Devils. No one. I'm talking ESPN, Sportsnet. NHL.com and like each one of those places had like 10 to 15 people like making their predictions. Nobody, which is perfectly fine with me all the time when the Devils used to be good and used to make playoff runs, No one ever thought they were going to do anything.
0: Well, and I don't have a problem with that because I remember, right. I, you know, I love it. The Devils have been declared the winner of the off season before, and uh, <laughs> you know, especially when they got Gusev, Simmons, PK. Everybody was like, "Holy shit, the Devils are going to do something this year!" And then it was an embarrassing season. So, you know, and the, and the Devils have always been like this. They we'd rather fly under the radar and surprise people. Um, and I think this is the perfect year for them to do it. And exactly what you were saying about Steve Dangle looking through the lineup and his eyes lighting up, and I think that's part of people not wanting to pay attention to the Devils. Then when you actually look at the team that they have on paper and what the potential is, then you can't help but have the thought of, shit, they might do something this year. I, I
2: understand if you look at just the
0: forward group. I get it. Yeah. But if you look
2: at that that is a really, really solid defensive core. Yep. That is well above average. Well, and then you got these people that are trying to you know say, you know, he was saying that Dougie Hamilton, you know, is just basically PK Subban now because he's been on four teams and maybe there's something they're like, just, just shut the shut the fuck up, please. Shut shut up. Do want a favor and stop talking. Well like, you I, I was sitting here, I was like I'm like, whoever told me to listen to this, I'd like to punch you in the face right now, because I was just getting irritated listening to these guys.
0: Well, and when you're talking about the forward groups, they obviously don't know who Sharon Govich is, and that he's got the potential to put in 20 to 30 goals, so um, there's that, and and you don't know anything about Dawson Mercer, or that Pavel Zaka this is a huge year for him, and when you don't pay attention to the team, and you don't notice these things, then obviously the roster is going to look paper thin on on, uh, the forward side, but um,
2: right, but like, if you look at that defense, like, how are you going to say that Dougie Hamilton is PK Subban?
0: Only, only for the. I mean, the only. Did they make way, nine million dollars? No, the only thing that connects them is that they're supposed superstar players and have been on multiple teams and have been traded or given up on by multiple teams. And you know, Subban, people were walking around saying that he was a cancer in the locker room, which I still don't believe um that is off ice stuff was a distraction and, and i could see that but those people are also the same people that are like you know nhl players should be showing their personalities more often so yeah. um ducky hamilton the worst thing that was ever said about him was when he was in calgary there was a weird <laughs> thing of, that he liked to go to museums <laughs> museums yeah yeah so if that's the worst thing anybody oh, can what say a, about the what guy what an asshole Hey, he's in the right place. I, right? I declared on July first that I would pay all of his suggested donations to the Museum of Natural History if that's where he wants to be. Um, I mean, I got a
2: fucking tattoo on my leg because he signed here. So that's right. Um,
0: <laughs> so let's let's do some predictions then. Um, all right, we'll start with the Metropolitan Division, and um, I'm going to go. That the Islanders are going to win the division. Um, Carolina's in second. Washington's in third. Uh, as much as I hate to do this, I just don't think the Devils are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to put uh, Pittsburgh in fourth. The Rangers in fifth. The Devils in sixth. And Columbus in seventh.
2: So I am obviously of I'm with you on the top three. I own there's Carolina, Washington. I just really don't think Pittsburgh is gonna be any good. We've I been think thinking that point, about them. For I know, years. but at some point they have to fall off. Yeah. And I just look at that roster and I'm just not impressed. Like I'm not impressed at all. Like, even a little bit. Like, fine, they played good last night, but like, you know, it was like what they scored two empty net goals. Like I, I don't know. I just don't I'm not uh, I'm not super high on them, so
0: I, I don't know, I mean, So
2: I'll go. Obviously, I there's Carolina, Washington. Um, I think that's a, a pretty much a gimme at this point. Um, I'm. <laughs> it's it's a tough one because I really do think like the Flyers, the Rangers, the Devils are like really like in the same spot
0: so many question marks like, on all three teams. Yeah, on
2: all those teams. I, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to say it. Devils are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be one of the one of the wild card teams and they're going to be uh third uh, fourth in the division. And then I'll go Rangers, Flyers, Blue Jackets.
0: You know, I think I actually only said seven teams. All right. Islanders. Um Islanders, Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, Rangers, Devils, Columbus is what I'm going. And hopefully you're right, not me. Um, let's go to the Atlantic Division. I think uh, Tampa's going to win that division. I think uh, the Panthers are going to finish in second. The Toronto Maple Leafs in third. Boston in fourth. Um. Montreal in fifth, and the, the bottom teams are not good. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go Ottawa in sixth, uh, Detroit in seventh, and and Buffalo in last place.
2: I got Panthers winning the division. I just think they're going to be really good. They have a lot of talent on that team. Their defense, I, I, was, you know, I was looking through their roster. I don't know many of them, um, but I think Spencer Knight is really good, and Bobrovsky can – has the ability to be really good. I think that's a good goalie tandem. Or, or I, I don't know. Yeah. I just think, I think the Panthers are going to be really, really good this year. Um, I got Tampa two, Toronto three, obviously Boston is my other playoff team. So I have them four. Um, and then I would probably go, I mean, the rest is, you know, Canadians pretty much the order you said. So Canadians, Ottawa, um, Red Wings, Sabres.
0: Okay. Um, I was just uh, doing this in advance so I don't stutter and stumble. Uh, in the Western Conference, the Central Division, I've got Colorado winning the division with uh, Winnipeg, Dallas, and Minnesota rounding out the top four. Then um, I've got Nashville, then St. Louis. I just don't like the Blues. Uh, Chicago and Arizona. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, so I have Colorado winning division, Winnipeg 2, Minnesota 3. Okay. I think Minnesota would be pretty good. Um, and I have Dallas as the, uh, the wild card. And uh, then I would go, I would say Blackhawks, Blues, Predators, Coyotes.
0: Okay. Now, this division... I think might be the toughest division to predict in, in the league. And that's the Pacific because I think both of us are going to agree that Vegas is going to win the division. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell to do after that because I'll go first. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to go over my logic of, of LA and being rebuilding San Jose way on the downswing Seattle being a brand new team. That's not that strong on paper um and just calgary and vancouver not impressing me and anaheim is rebuilding so yeah you go first maybe you'll give me some ideas or i'll just agree with you so i,
2: I got vegas calgary edmonton i think that's consensus top three
0: i'm gonna have those switched but yeah
2: but i'm just saying the top three oh, okay. the order doesn't matter like i think that's the consensus top three um and then i got um i actually have the Blues as being the other Western World card.
0: Well, not, uh, oh, from the Central.
2: Right. Yeah, I think I have two teams. Two teams coming out of there: Dallas and, and St. Louis. Yeah. I just don't like any other teams, honestly. Like you were saying, like I think Canucks are going to, Sharks are going to stink. The Kings are rebuilding. The Ducks are going to be garbage. I don't like Seattle's roster at all. Um, I, I yeah, I don't think there's much more. I don't really even need to rank them. I think they're all just going to be bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think all those teams are going to be like grouped together, bad, and the top three teams are going to be like really far ahead of them.
0: <laughs> um. All right. Let me ask you this: What is a team that is going to surprise everyone by in each conference by not making the playoffs?
2: Um. I in the Western Conference, honestly, I could see the Oilers missing. Okay. I know I just picked them, but I could see them I could see a scenario where they miss
0: Well, if one of their two um, guys gets hurt. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And I, I think their defense stinks and their goalie their goaltending always stinks. Yep. Um so I could see them either making the playoffs or like really missing the playoffs, not even like being close, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and on the Eastern side, I mean the consensus like the trendy pick to like miss the playoffs is Washington. Um. Yeah, I guess that makes the most sense. Just looking at the other teams, I guess the Bruins, but I don't think that's like a like a crazy a crazy pick. They're another team like Pittsburgh, where like every year you're like, all hey, right, this year they're gonna suck, and then oh, they won the division again, awesome.
0: Yeah, I, and I think the the it, it's tough to say because they were in the finals last year, but I don't think the Canadians are making the playoffs. Um ah. I don't think so, so in that division, it would not surprise me if Boston did not make the playoffs. And in the Metro, I, I just so much. Why I'll just go. Washington and Pittsburgh are two teams where I, I would not be surprised to see one of them missing at the end of the year. Um, in the West, uh, Edmonton is a good choice because if McDavid or Dryside will get hurt, they're in a lot of trouble. Um, and. My wild card team is Dallas. Be, like wild card meaning if mm-hmm. they make the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, I won't be surprised either way. Um yeah, I could see that. So, all right, and your all right, the last part of these predictions. Who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the East? Who's winning the cup? I've got I've got Colorado coming out of the West. I've got um I've got uh You know what? I have Tampa coming out of the East again and uh, Colorado winning the Cup. What about you?
2: I got Vegas against the Florida Panthers.
0: That would be a very interesting final.
2: And I think Vegas is going to (laughs) win.
0: You know, the first period last night against Seattle, I was like, God damn, Vegas looks good. And then they just completely fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, I just
2: I, I don't know, there's something about the Florida team, like they have a lot of those players. They they remind me a lot of like old school devil teams where they have three really good lines of like experienced but really good players. Yeah, I mean uh, just looking down their roster. Bennett,
0: yeah. Duclair, Huberdo, Reinhardt, Barkov, Joe Thornton. Yeah, they got
2: they got scoring depth for sure coming out their ass. Um and they got a good coach. So
0: yeah, Joel Quenville. John Quenville's a terrible.
2: Yeah. I mean they added Reinhardt. You know, they added Sam Reinhardt. They got Joe Thornton down there for some leadership. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just I really am high on them and which means it's probably the kiss of death for them. I'm sorry if there's any Panthers fans listening to this.
0: <laughs> I honestly just don't know what to say about the Devils because like I'll be thrilled if they make the playoffs. I actually think they have a shot to make the playoffs, but that really depends on one of Pittsburgh or Washington falling out and the Rangers and Flyers not being as, as good as they could possibly be.
2: Um I saw um Kevin Hayes is on long term IR. Is that just because he's been out hurt and they're just using it for cap kinda of cap movement?
0: I'm pretty sure he just got uh he just had surgery, I think.
2: Yeah, I saw today they put him on long-term IR, but I don't. I, I'm wondering if that's just a uh, like a cap space move kind of thing to start the season.
0: He had abdominal surgery on um, on September 21st, and he'll be out for six to eight weeks. So it's okay. it's a big deal. Um. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I mean,
2: looking at their roster, like I guess they added Atkinson and Ellis, but like, I don't know. Wrist fucking stinks. Sorry, sorry, Buck. Um, but the rest of the lineup, aside from Kevin Hayes, like nothing else in that lineup is like, like even like even the Flyers, like I saw it yesterday, that they decided mutually that they and Claude Giroux would not discuss a contract until after the season to see where both both parties are at at the end of the season, which kind of, you know, makes me think that they're kind of understanding it's kind of the end of the end of the rope end of his rope there, you know.
0: Well, he may very well not be going anywhere, but I think the issue is that the player and the team both know that he's been on the downswing for a while and right. Giroux doesn't want to discuss contract until he hopefully for him has a good year and then the Flyers don't right. want to give him any money in case he sucks and then they don't have right, to Right, but
2: I could see him being like that sort of player at the trade deadline that kind of they send him off to go win a cup sort of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and James Van Riemsdyk has been underwhelming. Um, Cam Atkinson is a very good player, but they they traded him for one of their top point getters in, in uh, Jacob Voracek. So I mean, that's almost a, a linear, a, a wash lateral yeah. move. Uh, Derek Broussard is, is terrible. Um, Sean Couturier is their one of their best players. Travis Konechny is going to probably score twenty something goals, but other than that, their forward group does not impress me. Um, no
2: neither is their defensive group. Keith
0: Yandel. Uh, yeah, not rest, impressed. Line, Ellis
2: is, a, is is butt cheeks. Ellis is good. Um, Provorov is great. He's decent. Proverov is yeah. great, yeah. yeah. I don't even know who Igor Zamula is, so I won't pretend to know who he is, but apparently he's on the roster.
0: Well, and their big question mark is Carter Hart because they've been pumping this kid's tires for a couple of years now, like he's the next big thing, and if he falters at all... Their backup is Martin Jones, who is not yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno. No bueno whatsoever. Um, so I have a tough time thinking the Flyers are going to do anything uh, this year.
2: Yeah, no, like, like I said, like I said before, I just I feel like the Flyers, the Rangers, the Devils, Pittsburgh, and Washington to an extent are like all in the same spot. They're all at different kind of points in the, of their rebuild sort of thing, but like. I just feel like a lot of things have to break right for all those teams to be good.
0: I'll tell you what. I even have a problem with the Carolina Hurricanes because... I, their goaltending is shit. What they did in the offseason made zero sense to me because yeah. their last offer to Doug Hamilton was less than $6 million a year. It was like five-something. And I think there are 31 other teams in the league that would have paid Dougie at least six and a half, seven million. $7 So... I don't understand what Carolina was thinking there. Um, I like the Kakanyemi move. Uh, He's going to be very good. They got Derek Stepan, who's nothing special. Um, And their forward group is good. Their defense, I mean, they replaced uh, Dougie Hamilton with Tony D'Angelo, who, without distractions, if, if that's possible, can actually put up a lot of points. So there is some potential there. But uh, Ethan Bear was a eh, whatever move. Um, I, I just uh, hey they they still have Eric Jelena uh, on the roster. But um, Ian <laughs> Ian Cole, uh, Bear Cole D'Angelo Jelena Brett Pesci's very good. Brady Shea's okay. Jacob Slavin's awesome. Brendan Smith.
2: Yeah, I think their decor is good even without Hamilton.
0: Yeah, I just they kind of went qual- uh, quantity over quality to replace him. Yeah. Bear yep. and D'Angelo instead of Hamilton. But the goaltending. I mean, Freddie Anderson lost his job last year in Toronto. He was injured, but uh, but uh, Jack Campbell took over. I've
2: never, yeah, I've never been high on Anderson at all anyway. so
0: No, and, and Anthony Rons Rant- is a decent backup, but he's a backup. So, right. you know, because I was about to say that the only things I can guarantee is that the Islanders and Hurricanes would finish top two, and – Columbus is not going to make the playoffs and like then I look at Carolina's roster and I start to wonder oh uh, I don't know how confident am I with them
2: and honestly like all kidding aside every Islanders are are the consensus pick of everybody but like I could see a situation where they're like not as good as everyone thinks they're going to be they're just old they're so old yeah um, I mean, like, they have decent players. Like, I'm not saying they don't, but, like, I guess you're under the assumption Sorokin's going to be really good. I mean, he's hasn't proven it. I guess he's got to prove it. Varlamov is Varlamov.
0: Yeah. Andy Green was born in 1982. That's just funny. Right. And then, so was I. Right above him is Noah Dobson, who was born in 2000. Um, <laughs> so. That's fucked up. I mean, think they have, they have a good team. I just think they're
2: old. Like, you know, a couple of injured. Like, let's just say, you know, Barzell, knock on wood. I don't want him to get injured. But let's just say he gets injured, right? Yeah. Where are you going for your scoring?
0: Yeah, they really need Palmieri to score 20-plus. They need Anders Lee to score 25-30 goals. Um, Bavillier's got a score. Josh Bailey's got a score. Um, they have four very... Right. Yeah, they have Pagel, Um Zach Parise. You know, I kind of wish Zach came back to the Devils, and and everybody's I like he's washed. Yeah, everybody nope, says I he's washed back. up, but I, I try to point out to people that if you don't count last season's wacky COVID year, he had two seasons in a row of 28 and 25 goals. So it's not he's not useless. He uh, you oh, know? I would have taken him
2: for sure. He would have fit in the top six perfectly.
0: Yeah, probably.
2: Instead of rushing, Holtz. <laughs>
0: uh, Holtz, you didn't get it. Th- he didn't get as angry as I thought you would. I think you're you're just about done with it,
2: dude. I'm telling you, two days straight on Twitter, nonstop. I just I'm over it.
0: Yeah, let's look at the Buffalo Sabres see, roster like, real quick.
2: People make it sound like I don't see the others. Like I get it. Like I know. I understand what they're doing. I just wish one time they would be like, you know what? Fuck it. This kid's good enough to play. Let's let's let him play.
0: Yeah. I'm just looking at the... Uh, Do we have to look at the Buffalo sabers I'm looking at it. It's not making me very happy. Hey, former <laughs> devil John Hayden. Oh, man. Kyle Opozo, oh, my Jeff God. Skinner. What? This lineup is so bad. It is. How the
2: fuck did a, an, an NHL team put this roster together?
0: Yeah. And dude, their goaltending is the worst part. It's Craig Anderson, Dustin Tokarski. Um. The only reason why anyone knows who Dustin Tokarski is is because a couple years ago when he was the Habs backup and Carey Price was going through injuries and not playing well, they gave Tokarski the start in the playoffs and he didn't look half bad. And since then, I mean, it's Dustin Tokarski.
2: While we're we're
0: here, where do you think Jack Eichel gets traded to? Well, with the Rangers giving Zibanejad that contract, which I thought was a good good choice, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who has the cap space. Let me bring that up.
2: Couple, I, I mean, I know where I think he's going to go.
0: Well, let me yeah. So a couple people and Elliot Friedman think he's going to Anaheim, but nope. that would suck for him because he's going from one rebuild to another, um, and. How many teams have $8 million in cap space? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams do. And those teams are the Sharks, Devils, Coyotes, Predators, Rangers, Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Ducks, Sabres, and Senators. Um, I honestly would not be surprised to see him traded to the Ottawa Senators. That's going to be my pick. They have one of the most exciting groups of prospects in the NHL. They got a lot of draft picks. And if they can get uh, Brady Kachuk under uh, under contract, then if I was Eichel, I would see a promising situation there. What about you? What do you think?
2: I think he's going to Vegas.
0: They would do that. Um, they would absolutely do it.
2: They can eat some contracts if they had you know, a little take some contracts back from them like Dadunov can probably, you know, that's $5 million. Um, well, they're
0: $3 million over the cap right now. Right. So I, don't I think know. they can make it work.
2: I really think they can make it work. Um, and they've been looking for a center.
0: Well, let's see. I mean, Dadunov's making 5 this year and next year. And unless he yeah. improves immediately, I don't think his contract is very tradable. Um, okay. And they've got Carlson, Stone, and Marchisot signed long-term. Uh, Chandler Stevenson has signed long-term. Uh, Tuck just got a, an extension long-term. Um, yeah, they would need to get rid of Dadnov and Riley Smith's $5 million and probably Max Pacioretty after next year when his $7 million's gone. Uh, they can
2: make it work. They could definitely make it work, especially if they wait a little bit and it's, you know, prorated or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think, that, I think that makes the most sense. If they're if they're a team were that really are going to go for it, which is part of why I picked them because I really think they're going to trade for them, um,
0: I think it makes the most sense.
2: I, Ottawa's, you know, it's great, but, like, he's going from a shitty team to, like, another shitty team, you know?
0: Well, so it's not really his choice. and I know. I understand that. So, I'm just saying. I, yeah, so I think about it from Buffalo's point of view, and, and Ottawa has a lot to give up um, if they're looking for futures. I'm not sure what Vegas has that, that would excite Buffalo in a trade. Um,
2: well, they're going to have to give up draft picks, which honestly, when you're in the position to win now, I don't think they really care. Vegas really cares about draft picks.
0: Vegas doesn't, but does Buffalo mean? want low yeah. first-round picks? I mean, we're expecting yeah, Vegas to that maybe that. win the Cup, so that first-rounder is going to be 30th, 31st overall. So, right, but
2: I think Buffalo is going to have to take whatever they can get for a guy who's got a broken neck.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the surgery thing makes it pretty difficult, but I think Buffalo has really screwed themselves in terms of oh, yeah. uh, getting a huge Absolutely. package back. Yep. Um, so,
2: I yeah, I think I, I think Vegas... Um, I, I could see Anaheim, I wouldn't be blown away if it was Anaheim just because they have so much cap space and players to move. Um, but I think I think Vegas is going to go all in to get him.
0: If I were him, I'd want to go to Ottawa, to be honest with you. Um, just the team would be built around him. They have so many prospects, and they're going to be up and coming. And, and we, you talk about that division, I mean... Tampa is at the height of their powers last year. I'm interested to see what they do this year. Um, having lost Gord, Coleman, Goudreau, and uh, and Tyler Johnson, I mean that's a that's a lot to lose four players like that. So Toronto has to do something this year, otherwise they're going to have to probably blow up their core. Boston's on the downswing. Uh, Detroit's not there yet. Um, I mean, Florida is emerging as like the best team in that division eventually. So Ottawa's got a chance in the next couple of years. I mean, we talked about last week, or we've talked about a couple of times where like when the devils were playing just so miserably, we kind of envied Ottawa that they weren't a good team either, but at least they were fun to watch and trying
2: hard to play against him.
0: Yeah. So I think that'd be a good situation for him. I absolutely, if I were him would not want to go to Anaheim because I don't think they're anywhere close to competing.
2: Well, so like I do make sense too, just because he's going to have to have the surgery so it doesn't matter if he plays the season or not he's not going to play the season probably at this point um, so I mean it gives him time to kind of recuperate and get back to next season and not be rushed because I don't think Otto was obviously going to win um, which is the only reason I could see why Vegas wouldn't make that move
0: if they had to give up uh, roster players then it wouldn't make sense for them you're right yeah um he could play i mean if they would just let him get the surgery that he wants the recovery time is six weeks and you know just looking right
2: but i don't know if he's been training or not so it's gonna take him more than that he's
0: been skating uh he's obviously yeah it's not an injury where he can't move um he's been skating obviously no contact and he's probably lost a little muscle mass but um, six weeks puts him, like, say he gets the surgery this Friday, then six weeks put him one, two, three, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, puts him Thanksgiving weekend where he's back on the ice practicing with his team. You give him two weeks after that, and he's playing mid December and playing a good chunk of the season. So I just don't think Buffalo, who obviously is not going to win anything this year, um, the, they don't have anything to lose by just dicking him around like this uh, and now I mean people are talking about okay where is he going to be at the trade deadline and I'm thinking Jesus Christ five months away now he's still going to be a Buffalo Sabre
2: yeah I I, uh, I don't know it doesn't for his sake I hope not I mean the Rangers theoretically could make it work um but they got they got a lot of contracts coming
0: up. Yeah, I mean they have cap space right now. Their immediate issue is they've got to give Adam Fox, you know, right. who's already won nine a goddamn Norris Trophy on his entry nine mil level.
2: at least. Kako is coming up um, at the end of this year. He's an RFA.
0: Yeah, and if you think Lafreniere, unless he sets the world on fire, is probably going to get a Nico heischer type deal. Right. Um. So they have Kako and Fox this off season. Libor Hayek, if, if they want to keep him. Julian Gauthier. Uh, Sammy Blaise, who had a really good preseason. Um, he could, And he's making one and a half, so he could be getting a raise. Um, the only thing, I mean, so the Rangers are thin at center right now. And Ryan Strom, his contract is up after this year. Yep. So they need centers badly. Because it's Strom and Hedl right now. Uh, Kevin Rooney on the fourth line. And I don't even know who's centering their third line. Oh, and Zibanejad. So it's Zibanejad, what, Strom, Hedl, and Rooney. Um, I, I could say, and, and as my buddy Rob always likes to say, everything has a way of just working out for the Rangers. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah,
2: so. I mean, going back to the Gomez's contract, fucking Montreal just being like, oh, we'll, we'll take it. Here, take Ryan McDonough, too, while we're at it.
0: It's one of the worst trades, in it. it's really one the of the worst, worst trade trades ever. in NHL history. It is. <laughs> it really is. I remember Jamie and I when we a couple months after we first met in 2009. We were in Montreal, and we went to the Bell Center. Um, it was in the summer, but the store was open, and they were making such a big deal out of Gomez, Camilleri, and Brian Gionta. And their their jerseys were everywhere, all their merch, and just to think now, this far ahead. Like yeah. basing their entire franchise's hopes on those three players. Yep. Holy shit. Bob Ganey really messed up. Yeah. But there's a
2: lot of guys that have messed up that continue to get jobs in the NHL, which is pretty crazy. Like um Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Sherelli. Yep. Oh man. Just keep fucking hiring that guy. I'm it surprised Ray sense.
0: Shiro hasn't gotten another job yet. I'm not. I think once we look back on it, I, I think he didn't do a great job. But, I mean, when he was here, we loved every move he made. Like, the, yeah. the Hall trade was good at the time. The Palmieri trade was good. The Johansson trade, he stole Johansson from, from Washington, signing P.K. Gusev. Um, the moves were all good at the time, but then they really never worked out.
2: They sure did not. So,
0: uh, anything else you, wanna, you want? Oh, to you
2: did you want to talk about... Do you want to do a little true crime at the end of this, even though we're running along here?
0: Sure. The Gabby Petito update. Um, yeah. They had to the, So the coroner uh, out in Teton County yesterday, uh, they really I don't know why this was a press conference. I don't know if you watched it. But... So it was a press conference for him to announce the actual cause of death, which is a big deal. And he announced at the beginning that it was death by strangulation and the only two pieces of news that we got was that death by strangulation and that her body was out in the wilderness for three to four weeks um which is just horrible to think about this dude choked her to death and left her there for three to four weeks yep and then took her car and her money yep. and, and whatever um so but where it was very interesting is every question that was asked of him by by media members his answer was uh due to state and federal law i can't answer that question you'll have to direct that towards the fbi blah 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 so someone i think it was uh john walsh asked him is there any doubt in your mind when you were doing this autopsy that brian laundry did this and His immediate answer, as expected, is, well, that's not in my purview. I just do the autopsy. The FBI is handling the investigation. Um, But the next question was, how have you handled all of the attention, being a small-town coroner with all the attention? So this is where he kind of slipped up. He said, "Um, you know, it's been overwhelming. It's been a media circus. Um, But he said, "I, I think that this case has brought a lot of national attention um all around the country for uh victims of domestic violence and i think he slipped up there and basically either said yeah she was killed by this by brian laundry or that's what he thinks but um other than that there really hasn't been anything going on the uh Well, the dog, the bounty hunter is apparently not a real bounty hunter. Well, not a licensed bounty hunter. He also, (laughs) uh, apparently I think he sprained his ankle and he he went home and his, his team says that he's going to continue the search for Brian laundry from home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I I don't know how that's going to go. Um, the internet's been fun. They had a drone over the laundry residence and they saw, uh, Chris and Roberta laundry, uh, like tending to their flower beds, and somebody saw. Oh yeah. They thought was a hand. Yeah. yeah, He's under the flower bed. <laughs> yeah, he's under the flower bed in a bunker. And like, yeah. one thing people don't realize is this is Florida, and the w- people don't have basements in Florida because the water table is too high. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I doubt there's an underground bunker, and he's been chilling there. That they a-
2: just that they mysteriously built without anyone knowing.
0: Maybe that's what they were doing when they were supposed to be camping. Oh maybe, but um, I don't know if this happens since the last time we talked about it. But uh, Brian's sister, Cassie. Uh, yes,
2: we did talk about it. Yeah. yeah
0: so she provided the a press conference. Yeah, we pr- she provided a picture of uh, Brian camping with her kids. Like this is the exact time where uh, Gabby's laying there dead in the woods, and Brian's back in. Uh, Florida camping and like hanging out with her kids and like smiling and having a good time and I just thinking just how fucked up is he
2: yeah he's for sure a sociopath
0: I don't understand how you do that I, I don't know I don't know.
2: I do not know. And it's not for us to ever know because we're not that kind of people. So,
0: well, I've been so interested in this and I, and I just fear that this case is starting to fall into the rabbit hole of no one knows where he is. They're not going to find him anytime soon. And there's no more news that's going to come out. Yep. So
2: Tom Wilson just scored by the way.
0: Excellent. (laughs) I thought I heard Jamie couldn't script it. (sighs) Couldn't script it any better. I thought I heard Jamie clap out there. Um, that dude just lives in their heads. Yeah,
2: um, he, he I mean, he literally ruined that franchise. Yeah. Nice to see Chris Jury starting to get some flack for some of the trades he's made.
0: That's another thing. I mean, their the, their moves the, were just bad. Yeah. Like the it's trading him, I do not get that at it all. Makes zero sense. And then to. Get rid of, not really, not really get rid of, but stunt the growth of the guy who is supposed to replace him, Kratsov.
2: Yeah, um, so he wants out. I'll take um, him. He actually, I saw today he actually said he's willing to play in the minors for another team. He just does not want to be as part of the Rangers anymore.
0: I wonder what the hell we don't know about that. Like, well, He's probably just pissed off that he's not. Yeah, I mean, if he's willing to come here and go to Utica, then sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, Tom Wilson did not actually score. Somebody else scored and just deflected off somebody. Oh, okay. That sucks. That sucks significantly more. It was Schultz um, who got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, yeah sure. I'd, of course, I'd take Ravs off, but. But, you know, like I said, anytime you can give Barclay Goodrill a long term contract, you got to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Uh,. And they're not going to be able to get rid of that deal.
2: Um, no. Nah. not a chance in hell. But on a on a, I'll say a happy note. I guess end this. Um, apparently, Henrik Lundqvist was hired by MSG to do the um, Ranger games.
0: Yep, yeah, I saw he started tonight. That's good for him. Uh, I I, yeah, I really like it when uh, when teams you know keep their legends around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's good. I mean, he's one of the best guys ever. He's one of the greatest goalies ever. And, oh, the Capitals are up 3 nothing.
2: Yep. I t- like I tweeted to that tweet, but <laughs> there's apparently Ranger fans. For some reason, I didn't fight with Ranger fans today. But I said, you love to see it as a Devils fan. I always had nothing but respect for him. We always, you know, you always talk shit about the other teams, you know, your r- rivals players. But, like, I always respected him. I always thought was a really good player. Um, so I think that's pretty awesome that he's going to we'll be able to see him on a MSG network. Yeah.
0: Oh, Hendricks, Lapierre, first NHL goal, uh, for the Capitals third goal. Um, so, uh, and I think Steve dangles already upset with the Leafs. He says they look dismal, abysmal, <laughs> abysmal. Sorry. Um, they're going to blow that up soon. I mean, some team might be, uh, might be the lucky trade recipient of Willie Nylander or Mitch Marner in the near future. Mm. Um, when uh, I'll take it. Kyle Dubas is to blow it off. fucking love either of them.
2: I'll take it. Right-handed. <laughs> we don't have any of those. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Okay. I'll even sweeten the pot and trade Janssen back to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I-, I could see Dubas being like, hey, Janssen scored 20 goals. Let's get him back here. Yep. They don't even have to give us Joey Anderson back. Keep him. All right. Let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again to Christy for coming on. Uh, We're going to try to have more guests more frequently. Um,
2: Thank you to the people who submitted questions Uh, Jamie, Danny, Laura, Marco, Matt Grazel, Joey, and we didn't get to Jay Rose. Apologies. Um, His question was about, um, real quick, we'll go, we'll hit this just because, you know, we appreciate the questions. Um, He has two sleeper prospects in mind, Graham Clark and Arseny Gritsuk. Um, What do we think about him? I love Graham Clark. I talked about it after the prospect tournament. His release is awesome. I think he's a really good player. I think he has potential to be a top six wing, and God knows we need right-handed wings, but I think he's probably to maybe another year. Like maybe he has a really good camp next year and can find a spot, but probably the year after. And Gritsuk is unsigned. He looks like a decent player. Uh, you know, I, I'm always weary about unsigned Russian players. You know, trying to get him over here.
0: Couldn't have said it any better myself, uh, my friend.
2: And he asked if we had staff uh, faith in the staff down in the AHL to properly develop close prospects. I will say I have 100 percent more faith this year than I than I did last year because I think Kevin Deneen's a really good coach.
0: I think we went over that that uh, the NH- AHL is yeah. not really a, a great development place and it never right. has been for the Devils, but it could only be better this year. So the team looks much better and the, and the staff looks much better. So yep. I hope that Holtz and, and foot and Graham Clark in particular really grow this year down there. And yeah, we need foot. We'd absolutely need foot. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was, just, I think it's skating. That was the problem. He just looked real slow. Yeah.
2: Yep. He he is. And, and that was the, the, the knock on him was his skating. And I don't know how you, I guess you can get become a better skater. I don't really know how you become a significantly better skater at this point in your career. I mean, that's what happened with uh what's his face? Uh Reid Boucher.
0: Yep, now he's He scored in what
2: 60, 60 70 goals <laughs> in uh Sarnia. Yep. And he just when you're in the NHL and you if you can't create space to get your shot off no matter how good your shot uh, shot is, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I think he's in Russia now. Um, I think he's playing well in Russia too. He's like the AHL plus. Yeah, and Goosev went back to Russia. Um, Saw that. But uh Fare thee well, Goose. Yeah, I mean, he the first year he was probably the most fun thing about the Devils. So, um, yeah. well, speaks says as much about the Devils as it does him, but yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so, yeah, again, thank you to everybody. Uh we'll be back next week. And the Devils open the season Friday against Chicago and um, I will be attending the game on Tuesday against Seattle, so I think our next episode is going to come after that, and we'll discuss those games and and, uh, any news from then. Um, Thanks again to Christy. Thank you, Ricky, and uh, have a good week, everybody. See
2: you.